And we are live. It's 8.35 on a Thursday. It's what you've been waiting for. Good morning, everybody, and welcome, Martin. What the hell is that? <laughs> That's one of my little gifts, because obviously since we, uh, since we did our last podcast, I am now a little bit older. I know you can't tell it. I know. I know. Come on, Martin, stop <laughs> protesting. But um, I am a little bit older. But it's all good. I still feel like 20. So yeah, not a problem. I'm not sure what's gone on with my hair today. You're looking very, very smooth and slick. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. 50 is the new 20. Excellent. Thank you. Good to see that our podcast is full of high-tech kits and um, sound effects. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to everybody. Um, Grifter, how's your week been? Well, it's it's gone like that. It's got, and where has the week gone? I know that as part of it has passed. You were hung over with me. <laughs> yeah, an alcohol haze. But um, it's just, it's busy, 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 isn't it still? It's, it, you know, this is it. We are coming up. We're making a crescendo of the property market, aren't we? Because we are, it's cock on the block time. We're almost on the 30th of June. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm not allowed to say that. Um, it's busy, busy, busy. <laughs> Uh, so crescendo means we're making some money. Is that right? <laughs> because at the well, moment, exchanges are coming out of our ears. Um, yeah. And actually, we're making some money. Can't say that, can you? That's not very British to say that we're making money. Um, but no. it's good, actually, at the minute, isn't it? It's good. So June is going to be a very, very full month for billing for every single agent up and down the country. And I see that lots of you are waving and going, yay, thumbs up. In fact, we should be doing this again, shouldn't we? Well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> sound effects over. Um, and um, so yeah, March was the last really busy kind of really good um, billing month. But all of that takes time. And obviously, we've still got to provide a service. And I'm just finding at the moment that whilst I said the week had gone like that, everything is taking a bit longer to complete. So a one minute conversation where you might say, congratulations, Mr. And Mrs. Brown, we've just exchanged and this is what we're going to do. It's now taking 10 minutes or we're just, we're going to exchange later on today. We're just waiting for the funds to come through and then we'll have confirmation from the solicitors. And there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of I don't know if I was going to say as far as going unsure people, but people are wanting um, a lot more comfort and a lot more reassurance, I'm finding, with sales that are going through at the moment. Isn't that our job? Isn't our job to help somebody guide through the choppy waters of one of the top three most stressful things that will happen in their lives at a time when it is particularly stressful? Because you've got estate agents that are used to dealing with 60 cases and they've got 150 cases and conveyances mm. that are used to dealing with 35 cases, I've got 200 cases, and um, and it's a bit stressy, isn't it? You know, um, it I did have to remind a client the other day that um, it's great that they're on the phone talking to me, um, but if they could let me go, then I can do the job to get the information for them that they're after. Um, mm. And it's it's a bit stressy at the minute, isn't it? A bit stressy, it but good, good, actually. You know, we should remember, we look back at Mar um, June 2021, won't we? We'll look back at this in the same way that we look back in 2007 and you probably look back to 1989 and think they were really good times really really good times and um um it's um, a, a busy busy time and actually um i had a meeting this week with one of the large portals um that provides quite a lot of data yeah. that we advertise on and the blue one <laughs> yeah blue and early green one mm. um the um 
they were right. Um, anyway, the interesting <laughs> twice as many um buyers looking for half as much half as much stock yeah. as compared to 2019, the same time in 2019. Yeah. Can't compare to this time last year. We were heading, well, we're still heading out of a lockdown towards stamp duty, etc. We'll perhaps talk about that in a bit. But compared to 2019, twice as many people looking for half the amount of available stock. Um yeah. prices rising substantially more over half a million pounds than under half a million pounds which is interesting mm -hmm. when you think of the stamp duty holiday um and the impact that it's making but actually it's the middle and upper end of the market for most areas of the country yeah um that has seen greater price rises although as we all know price rises throughout the country slowest in london highest up in the north of the country um and the key is and it's i'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on this grifter because um, where I live and you live are very fortunate in the fact that I think the housing market continues to romp in the east of England and down yeah. in the southwest. Um, but other areas of the country just reporting a little bit of cooling off and maybe mm. only this, maybe not still healthy, still good, still positive, <laughs> still busy. But maybe that fierce boiling over is just retracting a little bit into a more manageable norm. So therefore, we should be ready to swing, shouldn't we, from... Um, a there is a comment. Market. There is a comment that I could make, and you just, just gave me that look. Uh, yeah. Crazy crackers market into um, making sure that we're ready to swing back into um, continuing to make sure that we're into deal making, not order taking. Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, I think whilst there have been pockets of the country where it has kind of slow or a bit sticky, a sticky market. Mm. Um, I think that actually what is happening is every time a property comes to the market, um, it's highly focused, targeted marketing that's taking place um, and, and matters are coming to a head very, very quickly. So that whole period of marketing is kind of fast forwarded and, and reduced. Um, and so kind of you've got to get everything ready. You've got to get your procedures right. You've got to get your processes right. So you know that when you get that listing, this is what you do. But there are still those few chestnuts, Martin, and I'm sure you're finding the same that you come to the market and it just it is sticky. It's taking a little time to get a couple of properties moved, whereas others are just flying out the door. And it, it's just yeah, it, it's a it's a strange old market. But then this is what we do every day, isn't it? You just, you can't plan it. You know, one week, so a couple of weeks ago, relatively quiet on the phones. Oh my gosh, is this the calm that's coming? Is this the cliff edge? Or actually, is it the calm before the storm? And then this week, it's been really, really busy on the phones. There's more appraisals being booked in in my office and, and things seems to be a bit more buoyant. But it's actually, it's deciding and, you know, working out how you can allocate your time, because as we've said, things are taking a little bit more time. What I'm trying to do at the moment as well is if we are having a few difficult sales, because again, every sale is a challenge. Yeah. Um, and there is something in every single sale. And there is not just a nice, straightforward process. And I'm just trying to remind those buyers you know, and then the sellers up the chain and the one they're buying that actually just remember why you fell in love with that house. You know, remember, go back to that very first time you viewed it. Don't get all stressed about they won't let my piano in 24 hours early. They won't let me leave my possessions on the driveway in advance of completion. Forget about all of that and just remember how you fell in love with the property and why you are moving and everything else. It, you forget it's like childbirth moving house yeah very painful at the time it's a great analogy very painful at the time yeah having to push things you know forward um but you get there and then you forget about the pain 
And that's how you had, you might not want to use that analogy, but I find obviously it's that feel felt found with clients and that works really, really well. So <laughs> when you, you're enjoying your toast, listener. <laughs> when you when you bought your house then, Martin, and you fell in love with the house you're in, how long did you actually spend in it before you went, yes, I'm gonna buy it? Because I I think I spend more time researching, looking at a pair of shoes or makeup. Yeah, I'm sure you do the same. But then you did actually spending time going, is this the right house for me? How much are the bills going to be? All of that pales, doesn't it, into insignificance, into the background. You walk in and your heart rules over your head. You Christy, you've it. known me for 10 years plus. You know I fall in love at a heartbeat. Um, the, um, <laughs> you're right. The house. Bit of research about this, isn't there? People buying houses very quickly spend more time researching um, more mundane items than they do actually living in their property. And it is a purchase that you buy with your heart mm. rather than your head. For most people, isn't it? If you're commercially buying a property as a buy-to-let or an investment or, yeah. or something like that, then maybe slightly differently. But um, but even then, I think people, people so many landlords buy properties because they think, I could live in there. And sometimes mm. they make the mistakes of putting a house in a, in a way and spending money on our property in a way that they want to live it themselves. And yeah. maybe that's not necessarily the right advice. Um, but you do. Uh, the purchase of a home is with your heart as much as your head. We've said on this show before that when you're talking with a viewer and they say, this is where I could see my Christmas tree going, you know that they're going to make an offer. Oh, I, I should have like a, like a yay on my little sound machine now. If you remember which button it was, you'd be all right. Uh, the, uh, the, um, but you're right, heart overhead. And that's what makes our job so mm. A, interesting, but also why it makes this process so stressful. Because in this yeah. country, with an outdated house buying and selling process, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks. And it gets longer and longer, doesn't it? You know, yeah. if you take um, the average time, according to one of the portals, marketing a property is to, from putting it to the market to agreeing an offer. Sorry, yeah, under offer yeah. is 41 days. Well, imagine that you're spending mm. five days of that doing your due diligence. So, yeah. um in that sort of 40-day bracket, and then it's taking 16, 17, 18 weeks of conveyancing. Well, if if that that's emotionally charged people dealing yeah. with property for nearly six, seven months, yeah. it's a long, long time to be emotionally charged. No wonder that some people find it very stressful. Um, but that's where we can really adopt um, our style to make sure that we make it easier, and that's where you get your repeat business. But before you move away from love, I thought I was going to open up a story about you this week. You're a bit everywhere, aren't you, you at the minute? You know, it's I, kind I of... I think, actually, what you said to me offline was actually quite rude, and I'm not going to repeat it, but you said, you're like dog, mm -mm, you're everywhere. I just thought, I'm drowning. <laughs> you are, you know, you can get too much of a good thing. Um, but I looked at the story that said, a state agent from Devon's going to appear on Love Island. <laughs> and I thought, oh, here we go. Grifter's going to be doing the podcast from the... Love Island House. So I'm going to do it myself with oh. the guest presenter. But it's not you. It's Faye Winter that's going to be doing it. Do you know Faye? I don't, but she is based in Exeter. And I just think, I don't watch the show myself. And I actually, I think that's a huge compliment that you think that I'd even be able to get in that bracket. So thank you so much, Martin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but good luck to her. And I'm sure it's going to be an excellent uh, reality show, whatever it is. Now, the other thing I've come across this week and staying on kind of, I suppose the children. theme of love in a way, um, is that more and more people I'm finding, and I've had three potential viewers have come and offered, and they've, it's only been the man or the woman or one half of a partnership. 
And they have said, I have bought my last four houses and my partner didn't see them. Now, I thought that was really interesting. And then I kind of worked through and thought, Do you know, actually, I have done the same as well. Um, I've been and looked at, at, uh, at houses and, and, you know, my husband hasn't seen them. And I've been on the phone going, I think this is the one. This is, this is we've got to buy this. Yeah, and actually that is coming more and more. Now, I don't know whether that is out of lack of choice for people or um, people being more confident in, in going, I agree what you say, darling. I like that. Um, or, or what it is. But I have, I've just found that that is just coming out again. And I just thought, God, that's, that's a massive thing to do to make a purchase without one half of a partnership or a couple going to see it. Have that's you ever bought a house without your partner seeing it? Not a chance in hell, sweetheart. No <laughs> way whatsoever. Um, and we're going to talk about ourselves, house of relationships moving forward. Um, but I imagine your husband just thinks to himself, happy wife, happy life. So he's quite happy to run along with um, your decision making. But holy smoke, that's a big mm. decision, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A big one. And I was talking to, to this person and I said, you're making an offer and that's great. Um, is your other half wanting to come and see it? And I think that's how the conversation went. I went, oh, yeah. So you like it? Wonderful. So do you want me to book your other half? No, I want to make an offer. So how, okay. do, you feel, how do you feel when you're talking to your vendor of, and offering that purchaser to them, knowing that 50% of the people parties that aren't going to be um, that are living in that property, going to be buying that property, haven't seen it and may turn up and see it later on down the process. Well, I think that you've either got to get that. Yeah, but it's all about transparency, isn't it? And, and expectations and managing that from day one or day dot. And actually, if you've got a virtual tour, you can say, well, they have viewed a virtual tour. You know, we've made this offer. You agree the sale. You do the memorandum of sale. And you put in there the other party. They need to come and look at it before solicitors are instructed. You have to kind of get that out of the way. I've... I don't know. People can use a smartphone now, so we could virtually tie in with the partner at home as we're walking around. Oh my bloody! I've just lost one of my bloody ears again. Oh, okay. Um, keep, to keep talking. <laughs> but that's perhaps a change that has become the new norm. I hate that phrase, but the new norm as we're going through COVID is the fact that um, now we would never have agreed to sell to somebody that hadn't seen a property. But now with people, certainly when we were in lockdown and people were restricted moving around the country, foreign buyers, big thing in um, the trade press this week that more and more Hong Kong buyers looking at buying in the city. Um, and are they coming over? And it starts to make you think, doesn't it? You know, mm. modern technology gives you the opportunity to do so much more research. You look yeah. at Google View, um, Google Street View, you look at all the information that you can get off the land registry or other um, suppliers such as Swift and things like that. You, As you're saying, WhatsApping people, video tours. I mean, the video tours that we do nowadays are just incredible when you look at it. Don't you? you know, we, um, we were launching a property this week, a big property, and the video tour is just incredible. Absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. And, um, um, and people will get a good, honest, transparent view of what the property's like. So yeah. I think that's one of the ways that agency has moved on, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. One of the things, though, that when we're talking about, like, being out there and being social um, is what is all of this? Like, every day there is a hashtag bring your dog to work day, hashtag eat a crunchy bar, hashtag it's sunny day today. What is all that about? And it just, it, I just, oh, it's really like, it, do we have to do that in our social media strategy? Does every day mean to, you know, have to mean something? I like the weeks more. So this week is hashtag English wine week. Yes, yeah, I saw that, English wine week. Some brilliant English wines, isn't there out there? There's some over here in Norfolk. Um, I bought some, some of some gifts ones. the other day. Very, yeah. very good English wines. Um, 
Also, hashtag handshake day is mm. um, on its way. How do we feel about handshakes in a mm. post-COVID style? So I had a situation this week where I um, was interviewing somebody the other evening. Yeah, you get your point. I was interviewing somebody the other evening, and she was a um, very smart young lady. And naturally, I wanted to shake her hand when she arrived in the office. She arrived in the office with the masks on, hand sanitized, scanned in on the, on the um, QR code. So treated exactly the same way as we would anybody visiting the branch. But it kind of felt natural at the end of the interview to shake her hand. We didn't shake hands, but, um, and we, we've discussed before how I think, I personally, I feel like I'm too old to do an elbow yeah. Boris Johnson style. I'd look as awkward as he does doing it. Um, but it's, um, but, Will handshakes ever return? Will business cards ever return? Will um, what's going in? What what do you do in that situation? Do you, because actually, I've seen lots and lots of ladies when a lady station <laughs> sure are meeting their clients. Sometimes, if they've known them a few times, I've seen hugs and kisses mm. on cheeks or air kisses and all that lovely stuff. And mm. um, is that all gone forever? Oh, I don't. I think it's how you feel about it. I think at the moment it's a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? I think I try and break the ice so it doesn't become uncomfortable, and I just go, well, "It's great to see you." So, if we say if it's on a valuation or a viewing, so great to see you. Obviously, I would normally shake your hand, you know, shake your hand, but I can't in this circumstance. So you just try and get it out of the way. But it is, yeah, when someone kind of comes at you like that, you go, "Oh, at the minute," and it's, yeah. it's not quite the reaction you need to have. So it's interesting. I agree with you. I don't think that ankle tap and, and the that it's just you feel like a complete knob don't you really i just you can't well, you you have been you have been in some meetings face-to-face -face meetings this week mm -hmm. i am back um out on the road with um face-to-face -face seminars in a couple of weeks time yeah did you elbow pump or whatever they call it no. Bump? No. no just obviously with my mask on two meters apart just going hi everybody hope you're all well isn't this great to be back in in you know and then you sit down socially distanced and you can take your mask off i mean you just got to stay safe haven't you we keep talking about staying safe staying safe but someone this week who's had a right kicking or a company that's had a right kicking as soon as we're kind of pulling back to um completions is barclays oh my gosh so obviously we're heated exchanges and Barclays and a number of other banks have obviously indicated cutoff dates of when they need to have been asked for the funds prior to, um, to completion. And if they haven't got that deadline, and I think yesterday was Barclays, and I think there's several companies today just because of the volumes that are going to be coming down. But on LinkedIn, Barclays have taken quite a kicking from a lot of conveyances and solicitors about how they've lost emails, they haven't transferred the funds, and it's added to that whole kind of erupting mix of, of dissatisfied solicitors and conveyances in the in the sort of process. So, so, you know, we get it stressful. I think as we've talked about till the cows come home, some of the conveyances of, of, and solicitors have really, really had it. But we're almost there. Is there a chink of light at the end of the tunnel? Do we think we're going to have the traditional kind of summer? You know, it, it's a little bit quieter. As you mentioned, this time last year, we were just about to have the announcement for the stamp duty. We couldn't really go away on holiday. The property market went boom. Yeah, it went and absolutely stratospheric okay so are we going to find that this time 
Um, you know, once that June deadline ends, are we suddenly going, oh, that's it, foot off the gas, ease up, baby, let's have a holiday. No, we aren't, because we can't have a holiday, can we? Because those of us that want to go abroad can't, because we're not allowed to. Uh, those of us that want to stay in this country have not bothered to book anything, thinking, well, it's always got loads of availability, now there's sod all around. Um, so, but are we going to find that actually we're going to come out of those peaks and troughs like we'd normally have, and it's actually going to be quite a quite a busy time? I, it's it's that crystal ball moment again, isn't it? It's that crystal ball moment. It's fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating moment. And we must remember that it's not the end of the stamp duty holiday next Wednesday. No. It's a stepping down from five hundred thousand to two hundred and fifty. So if you're a first time buyer, the lifeblood of the housing market, and there hasn't been a lot of chains out there at the moment, been lots of procedural buyers, mm -hmm. they are still going to be motivated to come into the marketplace. So it's a stepping down. It's not the end of the world. And as we've said before, lots and lots of different um, indicators or different impacts on the market that I personally believe we'll see us continue to be healthy. Um, but this has to be, you and I have shouted and made lots of our <laughs> career based around, we need to reform this house buying and selling process in the UK. Yeah. This has got to prove that the banking system struggling, the conveyancing mm. system struggling. We were taught the other week about the lack of removals um, for this week, yeah. um, highlighted by Stephen Hayter, picked up by by Trade Press earlier on this week. Removal firms are struggling. We said to people, just get a van and get mm. as many people as you can to help you at this moment in time. Agency have been uh, have have struggled. As because of the volume of calls, so yeah. a volume of activity. This process is broken. It needs addressing. This is the the government should be highlighted to see, and this process and this incentive that they put in to boost the housing market shines a spotlight on that our process and our industry is struggling, and it needs reform. And now is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, Ooh, definitely. You were on your soapbox. I should be going like this now. Um, so we did say that we were going to do a book review and I have read a absolutely, well, I say read, I've audio booked. I've been spent a lot of time in the car this last week. Um, a phenomenal book. You know, sometimes you have something happens in your life or something that you read that really changes your thinking and really makes you just think differently about what's going on in the world and how you're going to approach things. This is a book that did that for me. It's an old book. It's the standard for coaching in leadership it's called coaching for performance by sir john whitmore coaching for performance by sir john whitmore and it's a very very clever book aimed at not only leaders and business owners but anybody that deals with people um, in any way shape or form and completely clears the difference between mentoring and coaching um, and showing people that actually the best person to be able to deliver something is the person that's massively involved. But if you allow them as a leader of that camp to keep coming to you for answers to questions they've got, um, you then take control of the situation. So there's a massive difference in coaching and mentoring. And if you are a sportsman, you're a tennis player, then you probably need a former tennis player as a mentor. But if you are a coach, you could be coaching business, you could be coaching sports, you could be coaching within the science field. Um, fascinating book. It's not a quick read. Um, <laughs> and you probably do need to be concentrated while you do it and have a notebook next to you because you will be writing notes. But Coaching for Performance by Sir John Whitmore is a phenomenal 
read for um anybody within um within business um that has people working for them or um as Simon Sinek says, if you're working as a team and you've not got the leader that you want, be the leader that you wish you had. Anybody like that, read the coaching um, that um, coaching for performance. Very, very good. How what, have you done a book? Have you read yeah, a book? So I've, I've done a book in response to the fact that we were talking about our kind of like email overload and our inboxes being totally, totally full. So I'm holding up here a world without email um, by Cal Newport, and it's uh, reimagining your work in the age of overload. Um, and I, it, you know, how much more would you achieve if you weren't drowning in email? And how much happier would you be? And I know that a lot of companies go, "Oh, we do Slack now," not, but that it's all the same. It's just, you know. But there's been some actually really, really good, good things in here which I absolutely love. And it, and one of the things, and this is back to like the Propertech thing. Now, when I read a business book, I like to highlight it in yellow so I can refer back to it. Obviously, I only do that with my business books. Um, and it says, "For every advantage a new technology offers." There is always a corresponding disadvantage. That is so true. Technological change is not addictive. It's ecological. A new medium does not add something. It changes everything. I say, oh, this is really, really clever stuff. Really clever stuff. And there's some great... When it, it, there's some great stuff, but what it does come out is we are not stuck in working in this way. You have to manage your emails and there is a way of doing it. And there's some great pointers in, in here. It, it says if we didn't use if we didn't use to work the way we do now, we'd be thoroughly entangled. We would find ourselves crushed with shallow businesses and struggling to get important work done whilst all the time feeling increasingly miserable. So uh, while I'm finishing on like, oh, no, but it's it's actually a really, really good book. And it does just kind of it focuses. It talks about uh, processes, about what you have to do and, and how you can kind of take the stress and strain away and stop being a slave to your email. It is a heavy read. Yeah, it's a very heavy read. Um, I couldn't find it on audio. I'm going to have another little look. But it was just it was a really good one. And it's about getting that. I don't want to say work life balance because that's another vomity bloody zoom uh bingo lingo um but it was a really good it did just make me stop and think and go do you know what i can change a few, a few things now the other thing that's made me stop and think this week is i had this um and i'm holding up loaf uh, catalog which came through my door yesterday um, and they sell sofas and all kinds of like furniture now I'm not looking for a sofa I'm not looking for any kind of furniture but it's a quite a chunky thing I've never bought from loaf so I've obviously got on their mailing list somewhere um, but what I really really liked about it is I flick through and they've just got a few little little things that are a bit different okay so they got a little quiz in here um, right. And they have got is, uh, can you work out where our mattresses are made? And then they've got a little word search. Um, the washing up can wait. You can see my daughter has done this little, um, what are these called? They're uh, word, it's, uh, it's, like a maze. Yeah, a little sort of pencil maze. And they've got then find out, find your way at loaf.com hashtag brain box. And they've just got some really cool Clever. little thing that was just a bit different. Yeah, a word search. In their magazine. And so I just thought, you know, that's a really good piece of marketing. I just thought that was really clever and and more humanized. And I think we could learn a lot from that, not necessarily blanket mailing out a massive brochure. But if I was ever in the future, probably going to be looking for a sofa or anything like that, I would remember Loaf because this has really caught my eye. I thought it was really, really good marketing. That's clever. Just putting a bit more fun into mm. 
what is going on. Talking of fun, um, did you hear the song about the fajita? Actually, yeah. it was more of a rap. Oh, God, hang on. Hang on. I've got to find the... <laughs> is this from your joke selection? <laughs> from my dad jokes. I don't have a whole thing. Oh, We've got weeks God. and weeks and weeks of jokes here, Grifter. Don't cancel the mm. podcast quite yet. No worries. And we're on episode 30. Can you believe it? 30, 30, 35 minutes or so of blimmin' banter, unscripted, and this week in particular, wasn't it? Because I'm going to say bonkers busy. But it's just, yeah, wow. Time flies. Like we said, it just gets quicker and quicker and quicker. This was it? unscripted and unplanned, but mm. a complete and utter joy to spend Thursday morning with you this morning, Grifter. Um, mm. Thank you for turning up. Um, I hope you have a very, very good week. I hope everybody has a very good end to this stamp duty stepping down it's a time which we will all reflect back on and have learned lessons stay with your conveyances look after yourselves progressors and uh, make sure your clients are realizing just how much work you are putting in at the moment mm. but um, have a really really good rest of the week and we will see you next thursday live at 8 35 unscripted probably unplanned and um, if you like what you've heard today, if you like what we're doing, engage in conversation with us on social media. We love talking to you, finding out what you think. If you would love to uh, like to share it with your uh, own contacts, please share it on Facebook and YouTube and um, Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and every other social media platform out there. Um, but thank you for listening. <laughs>